Hello, and welcome to Two Profs in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And we are faculty developers and faculty at Glendale Community College in Arizona. Tanisha, we yes. have something very special for you today. Ooh, I'm excited. Yes, so um, <laughs> we had uh, some faculty get together in the fall of 2022, and they basically presented a panel on cell phone policies in the classroom. We had a lot of faculty asking questions about, well, what, what do other faculty do? What can I find out about this? And so um, we put together the whys and woes of cell phone policies in the classroom. So I want to introduce you to the panelists, and then we'll go ahead and hear from them. All right. So we have Christina Clark, who is in our chemistry department. She has been at GCC for 17 years. Wow. And she enjoys traveling and repurposing vintage furniture. Oh, so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Trisha Levine. She is faculty in the psychology department and she is a licensed clinical psychologist. She's on the behavioral intervention team and is actually the co-chair. She's soon to be an empty nester with her husband and they will have lots more time to enjoy hiking with their other baby, a Labrador mix named Summer. So cute. Um, we are also joined by Miriam Pack, who is in the Mathematics and Computer Science Department. She's been at GCC for 26 years. Wow. She enjoys visiting family, traveling the world, watching soccer, and petting her cats. And finally, we have Kurt Shinneman, who is in the Communication and World Languages Department. He has been at GCC for 28 years. Wow. And Kurt has fun writing plays. Which I think we all knew. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here is our panel. We hope you enjoy it. All right. So we want to thank all of our courageous panelists for sharing their policies and viewpoints with regard to the cell phone policies in their classroom. So here's how it's going to work. This session will start with each one of our wonderful panelists describing their cell phone policy to include the rationale, a tip, trick, caution that helps the policy work for them, and how they enforce their policy. Each panelist will share for five minutes. You will be timed, and I will give you a one minute warning in the chat. So don't make me get the hook. <laughs> um, then we'll have some questions open to all the panelists. As you are listening to the panelists, please reflect on your own policy and rationale. This session is informational. So if you find yourself with any burning questions, please hold them till the end of the session. And know that we'll be sending links out throughout the in the chat throughout the session, um, just for more information um, on cell phone policies and different resources that you can use. All right, so panelists, um, what is your policy and your rationale? And can you give us one tip related to how you really make it work in your classroom? So let's start with Christina. Thank you. So I teach lecture and lab for chemistry. So I have two separate policies. For lecture, I'm a very big proponent of them taking notes. And so I do not allow cell phones to be out for them to take pictures of the work I do on the board. I want them to be actively participating in note-taking. I talk to them about um, being a good student where you have to review, attend, and take notes, then preview and rewrite those notes, and then practice their work in chemistry. So for me, I do not like cell phones to be 
out taking pictures or videotaping my lectures. Now, aside from that, they can have them out. I don't mind that to take a phone call or to um, check with family if there's something going on. So I don't really have a strict policy there, but it's on the, on the desk next to them at that time. I just don't want it up in the air, taking pictures of everything I do. Plus I don't personally want to be in their camera roll. And I don't think they're going to go back and actually look at that stuff. So that's during a normal lecture. Uh, then during a quizzes and exams, I am very strict. I do not allow smart watches or cell phones on them, around them, under them, in them. I do say all of that. Um, at any time during an exam. So they have to put them in a backpack, turn them off. I always say the worst ringtone is gonna show up when you're taking that test and we're all gonna know what song you chose. So I have them turn them off, put them in a backpack and it goes on the back wall. So it's not around them. We have um, some issues with cheating here and there. So we always make sure that that is very strict with exams and quizzes. So my tip for that side of things is just to have that conversation with them and explain why and, um, let them understand my rationale behind it. Um, lab is completely different. That is a safety issue. If they have their cell phone on the bench and sodium hydroxide spills on it and they touch it up to their face, now they have sodium hydroxide all over their face. And so we have that conversation as well. I have a video, sometimes I show them of what happens when you have an egg and you drop sodium hydroxide on it, it denatures the protein, it looks really awful. So they kind of know why they should not have cell phones and devices on the lab bench at all. So I just tell them if you have to make a phone call, step outside, make sure your area is um, secure and let your lab partners know. And then you just step outside to take that phone call. So it, it should not be out at all during lab. And then for exams and quizzes, same thing in lab, they have to have it put away. And if they have to use the restroom during an exam or quiz, sometimes our lab midterms are two hours long. They have to show me proof that that cell phone is not on their body as they go to the bathroom. We've had instructors catch um, students in the bathroom going through their phone as they're taking a bathroom break. So I'm up at GCC North, so we see a lot of things up there. So I don't know if it's any different here. So <laughs> that's my policy. And those are some of my tips, I think, right? Kristen, did I cover it all? Yes. Thank you, Christina. And I didn't even have to get the hook. Yay. <laughs> all right. Um, so for our next panelist, we're going to go with Trisha. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm going to see if I can paste this here. I created a Google Doc um, of um, my cell phone policy. Personally, I uh, in my work with students and then also my work in behavioral intervention team, I don't really think policy is so much the problem. I see multiple cases where instructors have great cell phone use policies in their syllabi. Um, I think it's the application. And so for me, it made me revamp my cell phone policy because I wanted to simplify it and make it something that it felt really approachable and easy for me to actually follow through on. And so um, what, my, what I do is, um, let me see if I can put it in the chat here. So when I um, broached this topic on the first class, um, I try to make it a practical thing for the students. And I just ask them to raise their hand if they happen to work at a place of employment that they cannot access their cell phone during their shift. And they're usually very happy to share that with me. And then I say, who can access it during their shift? And they'll share that with me. And so I asked the ones that can access it. I said, are there any, are there, what's the pros and cons to that? And so the pros are pretty easy, but students actually have quite a few cons to the ability to access their cell phone during shift. And I say, okay, that makes sense. And then I work to try and connect as I introduce the policy and I take ownership because this is true. 
And I say, uh, for me personally, cell phones are really distracting. Your use of cell phones take me off of my train of thought. Uh, and I'm just going to take ownership of it. And that's the impetus for this cell phone policy. And then I express it to them. And I let them know that this is the these are the steps, the process that I follow uh, for cell phone use. And it helps me kind of have that command presence a little bit in the classroom of saying, oh, can you wrap it up on your cell phone? And they'll nine times out of 10, look at me in shock. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like they're caught and, and they'll start, they'll put down their phone and I'll say, no, 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 go ahead and finish up what you're doing. I'm just asking you to wrap up so I can focus on lecture. And usually I only have to do that about once or it's a, it's one time in all these years has I, have I told the students, you know, what? I, I know you can see you're really distracted. You have something very important going on for you today. And I'm, I'm excusing you from class. I know it's not it's not working for you to focus on class today, but um, most of the time I can casually say, no, go ahead and wrap it up. You can continue to finish up. And they're like, no, 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 it's not important. Right. Um, that's most of the time. Um, but th I, those are the steps that I follow. And I feel much more um, set up for success when I have it listed that way. Um, and so um, if anyone ever wants an example of a behavior agreement for the classroom, um, just let me know, but it's actually a written out, hey, this is what's going to happen if you come back and have difficulty adhering to the syllabus. Thank you so much, Trisha. All right. Uh, this means Miriam is up next. Go ahead. Okay. So I did put mine just on a, uh, so I could share it as a document. So hopefully everyone can see that. Um, so this is how mine reads in my syllabus, right? So cell phones and iPads, tablets, laptops, and earbuds and headphones must be turned off and placed out of sight. And then if your cell phone rings or vibrates during class or you're seeing texting or playing with electronics during class, then for their first offense, they're going to get a written warning that will just come from me on a paper that says, hey, this day, this time you were on your phone. Um, this is your first written warning. On the second offense, I will ask them to pick up their belongings and leave. Um, they'll get an absence. And at that point, I do go in and fill out a disruptive student warning in the disruptive student form that we have access to. Uh, I print a copy of that and I give it to them. And then on the third offense, then they can be, in, in my per my policy, withdrawn from the class. Um, I do, as you can see, have an exception to that. And that is, you know, emergencies happen to people in their lives. And so I try to tell them if you have an emergent, an emergency situation going on, if you'll make me aware of that before class, then, um, then that kind of, then this won't happen. But when they do that, they tell me that kind of a little bit about what's going on. And I'll just say, okay, if you'll just have your cell phone on your desk silent, then when you get that call or that text, it will light up, you'll see it, but it won't bother anybody else. And at that point you can, usually they need to leave, right? Um, and so I try to give them some examples of, of what those types of things might be. And they're usually pretty good about, um, you know, about communicating that with me at the beginning of class. Um, so the, the purpose and the reason why I kind of developed a pol this policy this way, um, is because number one, I had a student that sat no fewer than 
oh, 10 feet from me for an entire semester and was on the on her phone for probably 35 minutes out of every 50 minute class period. Um, I, I had been having to bother me more and more, but she was the final straw because then she couldn't figure out why she wasn't doing well in the class. Um, so when I talked to my department chair at the time was Michael Holt Fritch, and he just said, he said, you can write a policy, but number one, you cannot take the phone from them. Number two, it needs to be graduated. So if you want support from the administrative end, it needs to be something that gets progressively more and more uh, punitive. Uh, and it needs to be documented, right? Those were kind of the things that he gave me. So that's when I wrote up this policy. Um, now, I have uh, very often had to give the first warning. I have on rare occasion had to give the second warning, and I have only ever once had a student reach the third time. Uh, because when they get that one that says disruptive student report at the top, then they know I'm serious. Right. And uh, and the poor young lady who ended up with the third offense, um, it wasn't at that point, it wasn't even her on her phone. It was someone that called her. So I tried to use her as an example and kind of go, hey, you know, the first two times it might just be you texting, having fun. But you're not in control of that third thing. If your phone is on, right, somebody's and it's out, it's, somebody's going to hear it. Um, so um, I so in terms of tips or tricks, um, just really you kind of you have to stay on it. I have not been as uh, I wouldn't say I have been as harsh with this as we've been coming back from COVID because we do have kids that they haven't been literally in a classroom in a long time. Um, so I'm trying to kind of monitor, engage, you know, where is the human side and where's the rule side. Um, but I do ask my students to put their phones away, uh, completely away and off their desk. And um, I, I saw the report, a report of some form that basically said, <clears throat> that when a cell phone rings in class, the, ten, the material that was being covered 10 minutes prior and 10 minutes after a phone ringing, that the student's ability to learn that material automatically decreases by 50%. Um, I could not find that report, but I found some ones that were very similar to that while I was uh, sending off the some websites. Uh, and and so I looked at that as like a 50 minute class period, 20 minutes of it. They their their top level of learning is at 50 percent for half a class period. Um, this is too high. Right. And that's why I went with something um, as strict as I did. So um, I think I've kind of hit on all the things that I wanted to say about my policy. So there you go. Awesome. Thank you, Miriam. Mm -hmm. All right, Kurt, you're up. So similar to many of the other people and their policies, I start with what class am I teaching and what are the reasons for that policy so that they can understand that it's not just me being selfish and wanting the attention. I'm a professional and I'm pretty well uh, concentrated on my subject, so they could do whatever they want to do. It's not going to impact my teaching. It'll impact their learning. 
and that I'm really doing this for their, their learning, not for my ability to continue whatever I'm doing in my teaching. So I'm gonna quickly share my screen to show my policy so then I can explain why my policy is the way it is. So we can see here, uh, my policy is uh, kind of long. Um, oh gosh, I'm moving through all these different screens, but let's see, go to slide two. And my, uh, I have cell phones and fubbing and I tell them to put their phone on airplane or do not disturb mode and uh, explains all the reasons why. So that we can see that it's really part of the cognitive and behavioral learning process, not so much that I'm doing it just because I wanna be a disciplinarian. And I consider this an oasis from all of their other devices. This is a time you're going to uh, try to get away from it. And if it rings, you sing so that um, they're gonna get up and sing if it rings because you've already not disrupted the class. So I really need that information. Uh, and uh, they're gonna perform because it's part of my class. My class is a performance specific class. If it's public speaking, they're gonna get up. If it's interpersonal, then they need to understand the reason why the phone gets in the way and we call that fubbing. And so they'll write an essay about fubbing. So I don't have a direct level of complication because I want them to learn that it's not me who needs to monitor it, but them who needs to monitor themselves. And uh, I would go through and explain what fubbing is. Uh, you know, is a portmanteau of phone and snubbing. And really that it is part of that interpersonal communication, not just simply about learning. I'm trying to give them skills for life, not just skills for the su specific subject I teach, but I also want them to see that, it in, that learning is a social interaction. Student and teacher is a social interpersonal interaction. I've uh, also found lots of research about this um, and I put those in my notes and I've shared those in the chat. But, um, you know, I also have to think about what am I solving for? Am I solving for their learning or am I solving for safety? Like uh, in Christina was saying, you know, with, am I solving because they're addicted to their phone? Am I solving because they're depressed and they want their phone for this reason? What am I really solving for? So I don't wanna just discipline them out of the fact I'm disciplining them. I want them to know that this, there's really purposes to this and uh, that there's lots of different levels of fubbing and uh, you know, it's just, they're not paying attention to what other people are talking about. It gets in the way of their learning. So I have a reason for the policy and it corresponds to the decline of their letter grade that 27% of those who text uh, their letter grade declines by that much. You know, it's, it's a huge uh, achievement gap for using their phone. And then I think about the policies, there's four types of policies, threatening, engaging, and discouraging, and lays off fair, and what type of policy is going to have the most impact. And over the 27 years I've been here, um, I've learned that really I need a policy that's going to show that it's going to threaten their engagement, not mine. I'll continue to work, I'll continue to teach, but they will recall less information. And so that's gonna be less detailed in their usage of the phone. When they take a picture, sure, take a picture, but you're not gonna remember it. So really you've hindered your learning. So um, go ahead and try it, but you're not gonna remember it. And um, why are we doing it? I want to make sure that, you know, that they can learn to 
uh, lower that gratification. We are very much addicted to our phones. It's a gratification kind of uh, need. And so I want them to try to learn to control that. Sometimes they can't, sometimes they have an inability to control themselves. So go outside. And then of course, I've learned in just recent research that um, if we threaten them with the phone usage, that actually makes them use it more. There's new research out there that says if you threaten them, they'll actually be like, okay, I dare you. And um, this is part of um, Brehm's theory. But the whole idea is uh, if you say, hey, don't do this, if they don't understand why, then they will do it. So that's why I have my policy and I'll end there. And I thought it was kind of funny that while I was presenting, my husband called because he's at the airport and he has to get picked up. That's an important call that I should have announced to all of you, but I didn't know when it was gonna happen. And sometimes life happens. So we put those phrases in there that say, hey, sometimes this is gonna happen. I hope it didn't interrupt all of you as it didn't interrupt me. I just hung up on him and I'm sure that's gonna cause some problems later on. And he'll be like, why'd you hang up? I'm at the airport, come pick me up. That's my little story. Thank you very much, Kurt. That's great. Okay, I I just, I do wanna say, we, we still have, more time here and we have some questions for the panelists, but I do want to say, I really, really appreciate um, these four colleagues of ours sharing their policies with us. I heard something from all of them that I really, really appreciated um, from, uh, you know, Christina saying, like having very practical policies based on where she is and you know, what the students are doing and working with um, to Trisha talking about, can she follow through with it? It's got to be something she can actually follow through with, which I think is really important. Can your personality do it, right? Um, and then Miriam mentioning uh, the human side versus the rule side and and leaving a little bit of room, right? Um with students who are returning to a campus in an in-person environment, maybe they haven't been there for years. Um, and then I loved Kurt's phrase about the classroom being the oasis from devices. I thought that was great. You know, like I, I imagine like this ideal learning oasis. Um, it is complicated, right? And it's 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 getting somewhat complicated because we're we're going to have duo authentication for students. They, if you've got computers in the classroom, they may need to have their cell phones out to even be able to get on the computer. Um, so we're kind of expecting them to all have phones uh, and and have them out in the classroom. So I, I do appreciate all of you uh, sharing. And Kristen and I have a couple of more questions for you. I'm going to turn it to Kristen for the first question. And I will say that, you know, Whichever panelist wants to deal with the question, you know, you can just unmute and and answer and take up to, you know, two or three minutes to respond. Go ahead, Kristen. All right. So our first question for the panelists is, how has the pandemic affected your policy and implementation of the policy? So I, I left my policy just in place the way that it was written. But as I mentioned, I have not been as strict about following through with that. Um, I plan to still see how this semester goes. If uh, if I still have too many students that are um, on their phones, then I'm, I, I won't obviously be able to go straight back to exactly as strict as it is, but probably in the fall, I'll go back to 
being um, more strict about it. Um, I didn't ever, I didn't ever say that I do explain in my classes the reason for my policy. So when I go through the syllabus, I do explain kind of like what Kurt was talking about, why it is the way that it is. But yeah, the pandemic has has made it hard. I don't think my policies have changed at all. I mean, a lab's a lab. Um, chemicals are chemicals. So they just cannot have it out during lab period. It's just for safety reasons. And then lectures, same thing. I don't mind it out during class period. Um, we sometimes do activities where they need to do some research. And sometimes we do activities where they're, you know, logging and doing a Kahoot or a, a quiz of some sort with the cell phones. But I am at North. So sometimes Wi-Fi is not the greatest, nor is cell service. So that kind of helps uh, nip that in the butt a little bit. I don't have a policy I don't enforce. So if it is something I'm no longer using, I erase the policy. Uh, so all my online classes don't have this policy. Uh, because we aren't using cell phones in my online class. Um, but in my face-to-face -face classes, the, you know, they're small, so I'm trying not to pick on them. I'm trying to get them through the class. Uh, and I, so I just kind of warn them, you know, hey, we've got to think about what this does to our interpersonal relationships, what this does with the relationship with our faculty, with our teachers, with other our friends, you know. I tell them the story of working with a CEO and how he came out with his notes on his phone and how that was an, a barrier to communicating with us. And he said, you know, I should know this. And he put it in his back pocket and what a difference that made with our relationship with that CEO. Uh, but many people still are now using them as their device to read their notes when they're trying to speak in public. So I, I try to get them through proper usage of the phone rather than just simply eliminate it. You know, it's just have a nice relationship with this, but the relationship is really more with the person, not with the object. All right. Thank you. All right, Beth, do you want to do our next one? Sure. Um, and thank you for your responses to that previous question. Um, so we've maybe all had the student in class who is hiding their phone under the desk and, you know, really seems to be, um, you know, distracted by it, but trying to hide it from you. Um, I'm kind of curious how you deal with that kind of a situation. I'll go first real quick on this one. So again, during quizzes and exams, they cannot have a cell phone on them, around them, near them. And sometimes I find them in their hoodie pocket um, and they're just kind of pulling it out and they're looking down and I've taken their test away and they got a zero. That was that. I will add, um, Doug made a comment in the, in the chat that I actually um, also have experienced, which is, since coming back from the pandemic, a lot of in-person students actually really seem to want to be present in the moment to interact with each other. But um, personally, my philosophy with cell phone use is a lot like other policies. I'm a, I have a different maybe psychological approach. I think it's kind of like eating right and exercising, right? It isn't that I don't know why I should eat right. Uh, it, it isn't that I don't know how to eat right. It's that psychological process of doing what I need to be doing. And so I don't spend as much time on why you shouldn't be using your cell phone or why da da da. I really am about trying to reinforce their process. I let them know they're kind of like similar to Kurt. They're practicing professional development. They're taking a 
a breather to be mindful in the room. And so I use language in the classroom a lot, like if you need a breather since the pandemic, and that could be for anything, right? That could be to to check your cell phone for any other reason. And so I'll say, hey, if you need a breather, just just exit class for a moment, take a moment to yourself, come back in. Uh, as long as you're professional and not disruptive, I'm fine with that. And it's not a test, obviously. And so if I see a, a student sneaking the cell phone and it's not a test, I'll say, hey, you, you have something you really need to take care of. It's important to you. Why don't you take a breather and go take care of that? All right. Thank you so much for the responses on that question. All right. For our next question we have, do you have any advice for someone that's looking to change their cell phone policy? So maybe things that like you went through as you were going through this, but just advice in general that someone might be able to take as they move to maybe alter their own cell phone policy. I will start and jump in just on behalf of student affairs and academic affairs. There's a big difference between maybe and will be. And so I would ask everyone to revisit some of the syllabus policies that they have. And when you say they, and when I, so, you know, cheating during a test, your test will be removed and you will be given a zero. I have that language because you will every time, right? Uh, but there are other policies where you do want to have some leeway as an instructor. You may be dismissed from the class. You may receive an F. You may, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I think it's important to give yourself that latitude in writing um, and, uh, and uh, know what's absolute for you as an instructor versus where you want to have some common sense license ability to modify. And I would add on top of that, make it subject specific because in some instances, safety is paramount. So like in Christina's version, you know, the safety is very, very important where those things are because the quickest thing can explode in chemistry. So we don't want somebody getting hurt because they're not paying attention to their addiction to their phone. And also I'm trying to get them to delay gratification like we talked about with the marshmallow exam, right? We're gonna wean them off of things so they're in control, not the machine is in control. So if they're really sneaking that uh, phone through their back pocket or you know under the desk, I go, really, you might want to think about, do you need that? What are your priorities? Really, what are you trying to snack on? What game are you playing that you can't delay for another 10 minutes? Or if it's really that important, maybe you have a gratification problem you need to go take care of outside. So, um, but it's subject specific. So in some subjects, they don't need to be running track with a phone in their hand, but also, you know, my tests, you want to use the phone with the test, great, you'll eventually get this, but you're writing essays. So my, your phone's not going to help you with an essay. So uh, I try to modulate my exams so that they're not having to feel like they can cheat and make the test hard enough that cheating is going to be really hard, uh, or I'm just not going to give them random points for those little easy tests. So I, I try to modulate so that they're, they're using it for the subject, not just to discipline for the institution. One last thing I'd probably like to add is I would probably say don't put in writing a policy that you probably wouldn't want yourself as a student, right? So if you're sitting in a classroom as a student, put yourself in their shoes and you're reading the cell phone policy, is that something that you would want for yourself as a student and how would it make you feel in that classroom situation? So that's my last two cents on that one. That's a great point, Christina, or even ourselves, 
When's the last time you wanted to look at a phone in a de department meeting, you know, or something that you've been a part of, right? Um, so, uh, you know, how would we personally respond to that policy? What would we want? You know, like Miriam's got a good warning, right, system. Um, so not even as a student, just now. <laughs> and I would put the researchers out there that says when we do have those warnings, students still break them and don't even realize they've done it. There's a lot of behavior that they're not even aware that they're doing because cell phones become so ubiquitous in their daily conversation that they just are addicted to answering that or, or it lit up or whatever, that they're not aware of it. So sometimes identifying it, drawing their attention to that bad behavior is sufficient, but you've got to be consistent and you got to do it quick. I mean, you know, like puppies, you've got to give them a treat right away when they do something good, but when they do something wrong, it's got to be very quick. And sometimes we don't have the time to do that. So if you're not gonna have the time to be on it all the time, then the policy might be moot. Uh, so it's just something to think about and really what are we trying to get them ready for? What's the pathway that you're guiding them towards? So I was gonna say, if you're looking to change your policy, it has to be something that you can live with and follow through. So right this semester, my classes are just like all of yours are just starting. And so the students are all still there fully engaged. Um, and as um, Doug said, right, I have had less cell phone usage during class since the return. And that's why I haven't been kind of on them um, all the time. But it, it absolutely has to be something that you can live with. And you, uh, you ask about cell phones under the desk. Um, what I generally have done is made a mental note of who it was. And then I actually go and write up that warning after class. And then they get it at the beginning of the next class. And so kind of, I know Kurt, that that's not like the immediate, like, Hey, that you do with your animals or your pets. Um, but it also then serves to say, Hey, I saw that. And you left thinking you had gotten away with it, but you didn't. Right. So, uh, you know, those those types of things I just do. I just make a mental note and I write it up immediately after class. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, panelists, for for answering the questions that Beth and I had originally put together. Thanks for joining us on today's episode where we did something a little bit different and gave you a panel on the whys and woes of cell phone policies in the classroom with a panel of our colleagues. And we hope you join us next time. If you enjoyed listening to this conversation and want to join in, connect with us on Twitter. Follow at Two Profs in a Pod or leave a comment on our blog at twoprofsinapod.blogspot.com. Remember, spell out the number two. Other ways to show your support, subscribe in your favorite podcast app, write a review on Apple Podcasts, or tell your colleagues about the show. Two Profs in a Pod is hosted by Beth Ayers, English faculty, and Tanisha Baca, communication faculty. The show is brought to you by the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Engagement at Glendale Community College in Arizona.